Welcome to the Shark Pod, the podcast that explores business and lifestyle design in Ireland and beyond. And now, live from Greystone Studios, here are your hosts, Luke Curry and Mark Baker. What is up, Shark Nation? Welcome to another episode of the Shark Pod. Today is just me and my boy, Mark Baker, out there in Glenageary. How's it going, Mark? I'm great, Luke. It's very, yeah, it's very warm for October, isn't it? It's very warm for October there. You, you kind of turned to a robot there. I hope everything's okay with the internet connection. Um, <laughs> can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you loud and clear. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Let's roll. Okay, so let's 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 break it down today. Today we are going to learn all about the Ubermensch. All right. So before we get started into my boy Frederick Nietzsche, something I've been going deep on lately, I think you're going to love what he has to say. Um, we were t- putting this together and I was saying, don't read anything, Mark. Come to this uh, this this podcast and then you're going to, all the questions you'll have will be the questions that our, our, uh, our, our listeners will have as well. So I think it'll be really good. Um, so like when you think of Ubermensch, I'll tell you what I think of when I think of that, that word or that kind of feeling. I think about Arnold Schwarzenegger in Conan the Barbarian when he's sitting kind of on his throne cross-legged and he says and they ask him what's best in life do you know that that scene where he's like you know defeat your enemies see them driven before you and hear the lamentation of the women that's the type of that would know, and that's really not what we're talking about today which is interesting but um have you come across this before I know you went to UCD and you're part of the art crowd yeah um I've definitely, I've definitely heard of it, and I had definitely read up about it briefly a while back. Um, but no, I haven't gone too deep on it. I think there's other books that touch upon it every now and again, but or maybe I listen to a podcast on it, and, and it's in the back of my mind anyway. This is, it's an interesting. So Friedrich Nietzsche, very interesting guy. Probably you know his, his books have a huge, huge impact on the thinking of the 20th century. Really. Uh, you know, contributed a lot. Uh, he was born in 1844. Um, he was a bright guy. You know, he's playing the piano at three and learning uh, how to speak Greek and Roman or Latin and all that type of stuff um, when he's a three-year-old. And then uh, his dad dies when he's very young, when he's a boy, kind of affects him. He lives with his sister and mother, uh, doesn't really get on with his sister. I don't know if this sounds like anybody knows, joking. Um, shout out to Kim. Um, but... <laughs> <laughs> he basically he becomes a uh, he becomes the youngest ever uh, professor in, in this university in Bonn I think it is um, and he's you know a very bright guy has a lot going for him um, but he wants he's really after freedom he's really serious about it and basically he spends his life um, wandering around the woods basically in uh, in Switzerland thinking writing books not really getting recognized for his genius when he was uh, alive too much you know um had a quite a sad life uh caught syphilis in a brothel in his early 20s um you know it stopped him from kind of getting married he, he basically it kind of ate away at him for the rest of his life when he's 44 there's this famous scene where he has a mental breakdown in turin where there's a horse that's getting beaten by its owner and he runs over and grabs the horse and he says i understand you and that's kind of the last we hear of nietzsche like he dies 11 years later but he loses Jesus. his mind completely that aside, he actually wrote some really cool stuff that we're going to get into today, <laughs> and um, just to give you some primer. <laughs> Does he sound? Well, like what age was he when he started writing some of the the good stuff? 
So he's in like his like his mid twenties. He started to really think about this stuff. Like again, it's all about kind of self determination. Um, his 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 big one or his big uh, uh, one that people would know would be um, God is dead. God remains dead, and we killed him. All right, that was kind of his his whole thing. That his his movement is called uh, existentialism, and basically it's like you have to make the most of this life because there is no other life. And mm. thinking that there's another life brings in this kind of slave mentality that you're working for today for something that you don't know if ex- exists or not. So his whole thing yeah. is trying to build a life around living for today and being the Superman or overman, um, you know, the how to get there. Here's the steps. And I like this guy because sometimes when I go into the philosophy, I'm not like a big philosophy reader you know um, but it, a lot of it isn't very kind of step by step this kind of gives you a guide uh, of how to get there if you were to go on the path um, and he uses allegory to explain it so you don't have to think so hard because um, and I've got some some clips from the uh, from the internet here that are going to help us along because I remember trying to read uh, uh, Thus Spoke uh, Zarathustra and it was uh, it was heavy Mark <laughs> you know it's not like mm. pre-bedtime <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, so this kind of made it a little bit easier, and I think it's going to be really digestible for the listeners. Um, so basically, becoming becoming an Ubermensch, there's three metamorphoses to get there, right? They're called the camel, the lion, and the child. Okay. Yeah. So that's that's the strange kind of, mix. It's all going to yeah. make sense, Mark. Let's let's kick in here. Um, so I've got a our first clip here. Du-du-du and values of a society. A free spirit, a superhuman, is the one who can defend the influence of the dragon, the one who can create their own values, breaking the chains of society and culture in which they were raised. In his book, Thus Spake Zarathustra, Nietzsche lays out three metamorphoses that the individual must go through to become superhuman. Using allegorical imagery, He describes the metamorphoses as the camel, the lion, and finally the child. Which is why in this video we're going to explore these three metamorphoses to better understand how we can all become superhuman according to the philosophy of Friedrich Nietzsche. Number 1. Camel Metamorphosis Nietzsche says, What is difficult? asks the spirit that would bear much and kneels down like a camel wanting to be well loaded. What is most difficult, O heroes? asks the spirit that would bear much, that I may take it upon myself and exult in my strength. The camel is the first metamorphosis of the spirit. The camel represents a strong spirit, capable of taking heavy burdens and traveling long distances in lonely deserts, surviving a harsh life. Not many people can undertake this journey, and even fewer do. Usually, most prefer having a comfortable life without stress or hard work. By avoiding risk, they follow the standard template for living, the local societal rules and moral codes, and sometimes they break the rules when it's convenient for them, without having too much A camel, by contrast, is different. The camel takes societal rules and moral codes very seriously trying to become a person of good moral values, a role model, a person of integrity and honor. In Nietzsche's allegory, the societal rules and moral codes are represented by a gold 
Dragon. These rules and codes can be religious or humanistic values, or ideas like every man is created equal, care and empathy towards others, the right of everyone to have an opinion, condemning violence, taxing the rich, or, on a more mundane level, societal norms such as you're supposed to be polite, you're supposed to go to college, you're supposed to get a real job, you're supposed to have children and start a family. In other words, a camel is what would be referred to today as good citizenship, or being a decent human being. A person who wants to take these most respected values extremely seriously and embodies them in all of their actions and words. It follows the deep roots of all the more general values driving society as a whole. So to become a camel, you must know your dragon. The dragon represents everything that you admire and the values that have been implanted by your parents or by society. So there we go. That's the first metamorphosis there, right? So that's saying like generally like the spirit is just you're you're, you're you start off as just everybody else. Everybody else in the in society, you know, they just want to get by. They understand the society rules of how to do well in life or how to be a good person. But sometimes they break those rules. They're not they're not like, you know, they're not going to stick to every single rule. Um and they're not like looking to be perfect but the camel is the one who is willing to work hard who's willing to play by the rules who's can can handle the burden of all of the societal norms and does their accounting exams does the you know that type of uh outlook where it's like i these are the rules okay well i'm going to work incredibly hard to make sure that i just you know succeed by inside the system i'm inside the system right now and Loads of people aren't going to succeed, but I am because I'm going to make sure that I fulfill all of the society rules. And that's laid out by, in the in the allegory here, the golden dragon, which is going to come up a lot. The golden dragon represents all of societal norms. Um, and if you know that, that dragon well, you know the rules of society, and then you can implement them. And it's a very, uh, it's, it's kind of a, a very steady way to live. So is he saying be like the camel or be or don't be like the camel if you're below so camel's like level one in the ubermensch hierarchy but he's saying you is that the first step it's the first step that people okay usually are on you know? um, okay so most people are most people are are probably a camel or slightly below a camel below a camel yeah below a camel so okay it's only the people who i i feel like you know what like when i was thinking about this i'm a bit of a camel hmm inside the matrix as in in ireland for someone my age i've played the game to a certain extent yeah i want to be a good man i want to be you know a good man is a loyal employee a good man is a good saver do you know kind of yeah i do kind of tick a lot of boxes when it comes to that kind of you tell me the rules i'll go after it you tell me these are the accounts that i have to call i'll call them all day long I won't complain. I'll just get it on with it. Do you know? Yeah. A camel takes like a heavy load, like burden or whatever, takes it in its stride, keeps continuing forward, carries people along with it. Yeah. Um, is self-sufficient by the water and it's pumps. Yeah. <laughs> so surely a camel is, is, isn't a bad thing. Mark, you, I think feel like you left being a camel a long time ago. 
you're going to learn a little bit more about the line. I think you're in the but line. I, I don't think you're at... Go on. Maybe, maybe I want people to be camels so I can uh, move on to be a, a lion or whatever, or eventually a child. Yeah, well, that's, <laughs> or that's, whatever the... that's the end game here. Um, but the, the, <laughs> the most important thing to... Remember, the most important thing to Nietzsche is freedom. That's the most important thing to Nietzsche. How do we be okay. a free spirit? A when he's talking about a spirit, though, he just means the spirit inside of everything. Like I, I never under. Uh, yeah, sorry, is there, there might be a bit of a delay here. Is there? No, I think I'm. I'm hearing you. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay, might be a second. Um, so, sorry. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> you go on there. I, I was saying like the. I think that. A lot of people, if you if you don't listen to the rest of this uh, podcast, a lot of people want to be like, they're people who are, you know, have great careers in companies, very much played the game, um, have the 2.5 kids, uh, that type of thing, you know, where it's very, it's the, if you just look at the, the rules of society as laid out by the golden dragon in this case, the golden dragon represents everything that's the norms in society, everything that's ever been. It's how we're raised by our parents, what their kind of cultural input was, all that type of stuff. So when yeah, we, a good citizen, essentially, is what they say at the end of it. Exactly, a good citizen. So you're going into the world and you think that you're you know, free enough, but you're actually tied into the system pretty mm. hard you know because it's been you've been um you've been kind of drenched in society f- for you know 20 years before you get to start to make your own decisions really you know mm. so how how free are you in those decisions and someone has just the basically the dragon is saying to you just do what you're told and you can have whatever you want that's the kind of promise that society norms give you but do you not think some people are happy as as Campbell's then some people, and that's the the point. Some people are are, are going to be, you know, okay doing that. Um, but Nietzsche reckons that uh, being I've written down here, being uh, like having any type of like he says that type of life will lead to resentment. Uh, okay. Of the people who are the Ubermensch, any time that you feel a resentment in Nietzsche's world, you are a slave. Ubermensch do not feel resentment. How could they? So at his. At his time, did he believe that there was Ubermensch walking around currently, or did he feel humanity still hadn't reached that level? No, he was trying to do that. He was trying to spend all of his time being creative, being, you know, com- basically, the idea here is that you're going to be going through these metamorphoses and you're going to be coming up with your own values completely separate from anyone else's. There's your, we talked about this on the podcast last time, where you're the kind of the unreasonable man. Mm. You are unreasonable, as in you like really beyond caring about what anyone thinks. What beyond caring what you used to think. That type, you know, it's just there's no baggage. Every day you are in love with the life that you that you have, and you're creating. And there's no um, like there's no there's no failure in anything that you do. Mm. You know, there's no one to judge what you're doing. Does does he think uh, humanity and and like people are can be trusted with setting their own rules, he like individuals? That, he thinks that everyone should be doing this. And how does that work? How does that all work in synchronicity? Like, 
it'd be tough to get it going. <laughs> it sounds like it'd be chaos. <laughs> Everyone's just like making paper mache, living their life. But anyway, let's uh, let's continue. All will be revealed. Okay. As being good. But why would anyone undertake such a pursuit? Why would anyone follow the dragon? Well, the father of psychoanalysis, Sigmund Freud, whose work was greatly influenced by Nietzsche, has an answer for this. The dragon is... Uh, Nietzsche's, the one that he was in love with in his 30s who lived with him, I ran off of Freud, by the way. Oh, really? Simple aside there. They all knew each other. The superego, which is part of Freud's structural model of the psyche. Formed at about the age of five, the dragon represents a personality component which makes us behave morally in life. It's where all the unwritten rules of what it means to be a good person are, all the moral values that our parents and society taught us. When we obey these rules, when we obey the dragon, we feel a sense of pride and accomplishment. And when we don't, we feel guilty and ashamed. A camel is an individual who goes to extremes, trying to follow and obey as much as possible the dragon, going on a path which it thinks leads to the highest rewards in terms of pride and accomplishments. Unfortunately, most people fail to reach the camel stage. They don't live up to their ideals. They don't have clear role models or a clear set of values in life. They follow the new trends in society, indulging themselves in comforting but meaningless life, empty of strong values. To differentiate yourself from the herd, to stop being a sheep following random shepherds, you have to start carrying true values in life. You have to follow your dragon. So in that case, it's kind of rounding up what we were talking about before. We kind of went beyond that with our discussion, but basically you're, the goal when you're the camel is just to... It's just to follow, get away from the, the herd that aren't doing anything and just do what you're supposed to be doing. Um, and it's interesting that he talks about guilt about, you know, I've talked to people when I was younger and I was in college and they weren't like, oh my God, I have to go back to college. Mm. I have to go. I feel guilty. Well, you don't have to do anything. Who to, who says? That's all. That's the Nietzsche things like, who, who told you that? I have to have a house by the time I'm 30. Says who? I have to have two kids. You don't have to have any kids. There's no rules, like yeah. Says not says most people around you, and that's that's the problem. Exactly. That's the that's what the dragon kicks in. Okay. Where do you where, where are you supposed to get your inspiration from for your own values if if everybody else you know is a camel or a blow? Yeah. <laughs> if you're it a sounds camel. ridiculous <laughs> saying camel. Such a strange uh, animal to, to pick, such okay. a simple animal to to attach to such a complex uh, issue. It's it's. The here's well, let, let me let me go on a little bit because it's going to talk about uh, the camel waking up now, and that will kind of give you that kind of transition into being a lion. Kind of explains it here. Yeah. So here we go. Animals can wake up and understand the meaninglessness of their lives, how meaningless it is to live according to somebody else's values. Thus, they can start their own transformation, becoming lions and breaking free from the matrix. Number two, lion metamorphosis. Nietzsche asks us, who is the great dragon whom the spirit will no longer call Lord and God? Thou shalt is the name of the great dragon, but the spirit of the lion says, I will. If the camel follows its ideal, 
the lion tries to destroy this ideal. It confronts the dragon. For every thou shalt or you shall, the lion says no, standing against tradition and against any values that are imposed upon it. The lion destroys the things that the camel loves so much. But by destroying them, it destroys something inside itself. This can be a relationship that is oppressive or limits one's freedom or leaving a particularly good job because it requires compromising one's integrity and life principles. Both the camel and the lion are reactions to ideal values, one positive and the other negative. The transformation of the camel into a lion is essential, otherwise the camel will be ruined by its own quest. Saying yes to everything, no matter how noble, will destroy the camel's spirit in the end. The same is true in our real lives. If we do everything for others, trying to be the best role model, and we don't do anything for ourselves, we will succumb and be crushed. Each of us is unique, and this uniqueness cannot be expressed if you just follow the voices of other people ordering you in your head, telling you what's good and what's bad. You need to find your own meaning, your own individual mission in life, independent of your environment. To break free and to create your own values and meaning in life, you have to undergo this transformation. You have to go through this rebellious phase, like the lion in its attempt to gain its freedom. In Nietzsche's allegory, the lion, finding himself alone in the desert, encounters the dragon. The dragon is seductive. It sparkles with golden scales, and on each scale glitters a thou shalt. The thousands of scales represents thousands of years of the thou shalts that have come before us, the centuries of codes of how you ought to think and act. There are layers upon layers of moral codes formed in the entire history of humanity. But the dragon is the enemy of true self-mastery. And the lion wants to engage the dragon in mortal combat, rebelling against any thou shalt, refusing any oppression. The lion is the person committed to their own freedom, committed to expressing their individuality in its fullest, and thou shalt is a barrier to achieving this. When confronted by the dragon, the lion says, I will, but the dragon replies that all values are already created, each one forming a part of its golden scales, and the lion doesn't need to create new values. In fact, it is forbidden. Ultimately, the dragon says, there shall be no more I will. This lion cannot take it. The lion must then fight the dragon to win its freedom. During the fight, the lion roars the sacred no, which means a rejection of all the values that came before the lion. When the lion rages the sacred no to every thou shalt, this is the start of its freedom. The lion represents self-consciousness, aware of its independent power. Nietzsche went through the lion phase when he started to fight those people who disapproved of his life choices, including his family. So, there's a lot going on there, right? Let's unpack, okay? Yeah. So basically, Nietzsche's saying like the camel eventually the like the movie Mike, like Michael Douglas and falling down, the camel snaps one day because mm -hmm. it's playing by someone else's rules. Um, it's the playing, straw that broke. <laughs> the straw that broke the camel's back uh, was on the way, 
Um, so when when you start to rebel against, like, wait a minute, I don't I don't think that this is the way I want to live. All the society norms that are in your mind are going to start to attack you to try to keep you on the path. That that's the most well run. Say, say somebody wants to quit their job to go become an artist full time, or wants to become a a rapper. I don't know <laughs> something like you know completely <laughs> and you know completely from different from what they're doing. Yeah, they'll sit down. They'll start to feel fear, and that's the dragon saying, "These aren't the social norms." Now get back in your box. Mm. Don't do that. What about your family? Oh my God, you mm. got you've got bills coming in. What about that? Mm. People will think you're uh, stupid. That goes against you know in certain countries like that goes against your religion or do you know, mm. do you know that kind of way? And it's, yeah. it's those thoughts that are really uh, will will challenge you from from becoming kind of independently minded. I think it's a great allegory. Yeah, but the, at the same time, the dragon makes some good points there. He makes some good points as well. Like he's like, listen, like we've already thought of everything. You don't have to think for yourself. I'm made of gold, yeah. you know. And he's like, uh, like there's if you just follow this, you're you get the gold. You know, there's people with gold in the system, and I've yeah. told you all the rules. But the dra- the dragon is saying everything that you can think. You know, it's inside the box essentially. So, but there's a really there's a whole lot more outside the box, where the you know that the dragon doesn't know about or just want to tell you about. I think even this podcast has really opened my mind to, we've, yeah. talk, we've talked to some menches on this, uh, yeah. on this, uh, some, some menches, <laughs> some Ubers, uh, where I'm just like, they're not even playing by the rules. They're like this. Yeah. And whether, you know, there's going to be 10 to 15%, I would say of when anyone gets interviewed or when anyone contributes to anything a little bit of bravado a little bit of you know like because you want to make sure that you're putting forward your best everyone does like interviews you know you do your best yeah it's your best side you know the best version of of what's happening yeah but at the same time i've we've talked to some people i'm like well they're they're not living in the matrix the way you know i am or some people are and i think that they've uh one one in particular and I, i i bet you know who i'm thinking of I think about his lifestyle, and I'm like, actually, it could be a few people you're thinking of. I don't want to name names, <laughs> but you know, when I when I look at what they're doing, I'm like, this this is they're so against the the societal norms, and it's like they're fine, mm. they're fine. Mm. That's the that's what scares me the most when you look at those people and you're like, wait, I can do whatever I want. I didn't know that. I I'm yeah. the one who makes the cold calls, you know. Um, I was I should be the one that. Was able to do anything. Yeah, like I, I I see what you mean about the people that kind of live by their own rules and they're doing their own thing and following their passions, and that's fine. I but I think I could possibly go down that road or could have, but I it was very hard to imagine me being a full time artist and doing whatever I wanted to do, um, making money in it, and I was making money in it, and I was doing whatever I wanted, painting whatever setting my own hours, saying no to things. But I just didn't think that it was possible to have the other stuff, which is that the dragon will tell you about, like the family, the kids, be able to... I didn't really care about what anyone thought about me possibly being a full-time artist. It was more, is this sustainable Other than for other people other than myself? Um, but it is. Look at Owen O'Connor. Look at, you know... Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. It's John like, Fitzgerald. You know, it's not like when you see those uh, 
those people that are, seem like they're living outside the matrix and they still have everything that you would want to gain from hanging out with the dragon all the time. Yeah. That's that that pisses you off when you you go there like there's a, a guy here at Greystones. I'm going to call him out. I don't know his name. Um, right? If you're listening to this, come on to the podcast. There's a guy down here. I, I don't want to give out his address, but he has a really nice house. I see him in his garden all the time. He's got two brand new cars. It's about a $2 million, $3 million house. And I'm just like, is it, I. he doesn't seem to be living in the same world I am. Mm. There's no path from where I am mm. in my like corporate job. You know, doing and it's all important right to say that it's, and we keep relating it to work, but it's not about that because work can pin you down to a certain lifestyle, a certain structure of your day, your week, your year. It's not really about that, but it, it, it kind of does. You kind of have to support yourself, you know, in, in real life. So it is kind of attached to it, but it's not, it's, it really, it is freedom. Yeah. It's, That's it's, what he's talking about. He's talking about and freedom. It's funny. I I think I was watching. What was I watching the other day? Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Did you ever see that? Is that the new one with the? Um... No, I think it's the first one. Okay. Whatever the first one is. Okay. With, with what's his name in it? Uh, can't remember his name. Oh, that's annoying. Anyway, the kids really liked it. It's actually one of their favorite movies. But there's a moment where the the main uh, I think they're chimpanzees was. So he's more and he's getting more intelligent and every day because of the drug he was given, he's getting more and more intelligent, but he's put into this enclosure, um, essentially like a, like a, like a zoo type of thing. Like, yeah. and they keep telling him what to do and telling him what to do. And he's standing up and I call him a stupid monkey and stuff like that. Do this, do that. And he just shouts, no, I remember. Yeah. Go. Remember that? Yeah. And like everything the- just goes, but one of the best actual moments in any movie, in my opinion, like, like, that sounds like the end of the thing that we just listened to there. It's the sacred no. I bet they took that from, that's a very niche. I have to have. And yeah. I'm glad I actually figured that out. I almost Googled that. Yeah, because that's really, that's exactly, it's like, couldn't be more, it's an, an allegory about an allegory, which is interesting. Yeah. But um, <laughs> it's kind of meta there. But uh, that's exactly, you know, like you're, you, as humans, you feel that um, when they say, when, when he turns around and says no, it's like, hmm. oh shit. And you could, there's so many times in your life, um, you know, especially, you know, like I really like what I do now, but, you know, like in some jobs that I had when I was really young, you know, something that you just turn around and you'd want to tell them, like, or actually know what it was like. When I was in secondary school, I fucking hated it. Hated secondary school. I was basically that monkey right. that was being abused by, you know, <laughs> not, not actually abused. <laughs> Be careful. Be careful with the word, like, you know. But basically, I hated being controlled. I hated it. And there mm. were so many times where teachers were would try because they knew they'd I'd react. It was fun for them. That's what I think. Because I'd react and I'd flip over a table, mm. and then they'd oh this is great great fun like we can go you know. It, it was yeah. I, it was very easy to poke get me to react. The, poke the chimpanzee. Yeah, and I, you know so I I, I kind of have a understanding of that, but that type of uh, that's a great great reference, Mark. Let's keep this going. As a consequence, he became stateless, job spirit. He must fight against anyone who tries to limit his freedom. To be able to transform your camel into a lion, you need to have the courage to break the chains of tradition, of religion, of society. Perhaps you even have to break up with several people in your life. 
as an exercise, make a list of everything and everyone you think limits your freedom to be yourself. It can be an unfortunate unwritten rule at your workplace. It could be your spouse who always tries to control and correct your behavior. It may be your friends who criticize you when you behave in a particular way. Once you've done this, try to think of possible strategies of how to change that situation. Maybe you can make a case in the team meeting at work regarding the problems you're experiencing. Perhaps you could have a serious talk with your spouse in which you can discuss the issue, how it bothers you, and how you'd like it to change. Or you could find new friends who can appreciate you better. Lion metamorphosis doesn't need to be a violent and sudden reaction. It can be a smart, calm, but definitive one. The superhuman, Nietzsche believed, was a true individual, one who must build self-mastery on his or her own terms. However, while a lion can create freedom for itself, it is still not capable of creating new values. And here, the final metamorphosis comes into play. The child metamorphosis. Number three, child metamorphosis. Before we bang into the child um, metamor metamorphosis, like that, that ending was really interesting. And like I said at the beginning, it's kind of philosophy that like a uh, self-help version of philosophy, which I like, it's very accessible. Some of the other stuff is, when I say accessible, like the ideas, I mean, you've heard some of the, some of Nietzsche's quotes there, very hard to even read, drunk and awake to, to follow. Um, mm. But this is, uh, this is interesting. So it's kind of like, you can actually take that and say, okay, I'm actually, I'm, I used to be a camel. Now I'm going to be a lion. Where do I feel like I'm not free? Is it mm. work? Then I have to go in and tell them this is what I want or I'm leaving. From a freedom point of view, I don't want to answer to this. I don't want to. I I've got a I've got a mission to do. These are the things that's slowing me down. If you don't change, I won't work here. That's a big thing that you could do if you're getting your line on. You can go to, mm -hmm. you know, you might be have friends that really were your friends a long time ago, and you're like, it's they bring you down or they criticize you or want you to do badly or whatever just stop talking to those people straight away you don't like it's it's it, you can get, it's aggressive it sounds like but at least it's it's giving you kind of like step by steps what to do i've just written down like how does a a lion work in the face of when you're trying to influence if you're trying to influence people you can't just tell them no you can't just say no you know so so, so the does a lion kind of fake in order to influence people what i think to get his way or did you just straight out say give me my way you know it's basically give me my way or else so what about you know the how to win friends and influence people that's not that's, really something that needs you that's separate <laughs> what he wouldn't have written that book yeah so he would definitely not have agreed with that like he's he's he takes us so far that he becomes an insane person living in the woods yeah and they all go they all go that <laughs> far eventually. Yeah. No, <laughs> That'll be us. Yeah, but my, my point is, he's like, it's not really. It's like anything that limits. So obviously, you can compromise and stuff from like in work uh, bits and pieces. But anything that's your actually, I don't even know you can. It's got to mm. be freedom, complete freedom. Anything that. So basically, you kind of have to own your own income to a certain extent if you're going to play this game. You have to be the boss. There's no way. I can't just go into. Weirdly, uh, that is is the real real simple solution isn't it like above anything else there's other ways you can implement it but yeah. in life but like the very first thing if you get that right by earning your own income and being not reliant on anyone else 
yeah. <laughs> even customers by the sounds of it um everything else is a whole lot easier whole lot easier i think that's the so anytime see so actually how does he a, make money um he, he didn't really make a lot of money um <laughs> He, yeah, yeah. So he lived on this like uh, he retired early because he was sick, and he lived on a very small pension from the university. So he was a he was a lecturer. Yeah, he was a professor in the university when he was really young, and then um, yeah, then when the syphilis got him, this was before okay. penicillin. Now you just take seven days of penicillin, I think, and then you're you're all good. Yeah, <laughs> big well. deal back then. Um, so yeah, so the it's an interesting kind of ob- observe observation that you make there because. It's, it's difficult if somebody has the purse strings you cannot be free basically but you could also have your own business and still not be free not be free at all you know are what you, i mean like are you you're, reading you're out of, are you reading out of nietzsche's uh nietzsche's book here that's exactly what he says okay because he covers this he says this is actually a different book but he uh he covers he says like if you work more than eight hours a day for a business then you're a slave to that business you're not free that doesn't serve you unless it's working for you and yeah you know so that's well that's all well and good but does he give any examples of what you should do how can he you're Why? The, you're the lion he's he a lion though, isn't he? he's an ubermensch <laughs> you know well my, yeah. my point is like he can't tell you what to do you have so so this type of uh metamorphosis you want to take like a week sit down and say what are all the stuff that's in my head that I I was told nothing is true. I can make up the world how I see it or how I think it should be and live like mm. whatever. Like it's so, it's so funny. Like no one ever tells you really you can live whatever way you want to live. Yeah. Whether that's when you visit other countries, you're probably waking up a little bit. I'd imagine I haven't visited that many countries to be honest. If you, if you go to like, I've been to so many weird places. Like if you go to like tribal places in Africa, like we were in a, a village there, completely different set of values set of mm. just mm. no screens could you imagine a, a life without screens and you only talk to people that like the only influence you have in your life are people that you know and maybe the radio <laughs> yeah it's crazy how, how, i don't know if i'd prefer that though i know i know they seem content and happy and but i i i'm old enough that there was a time where we didn't have like that many screens you had a big tv and a sega mega drive that was about it like but you weren't but i'd still prefer right now you're i like me too to a certain extent <laughs> i don't know actually. here's a question here's a question okay. if you feel like maybe right now you're not a lion yet um is there any other group of people or anyone you've met on your travels to god knows how many countries that you would say I would prefer that type of life if you had this all the same loved ones and everything like that. But their life, see, I would give this life up as a camel or whatever you think you're at to be them because they seem like lions. I think, and you're going to laugh at this, but I think when I went to, when we were staying with cowboys in Argentina, they were kind of, they were, there was no, didn't like, it's hard, I don't know them very well, so I don't really know what their setup is like, but it seemed like they just had their ranch. People came. They charged people to stay on it. Bring them out on the horses. It's it's barbecue all the time. It it, it maybe because we were out, you know, it, just beside the Andes, and it felt free, you know. Mm. But 
I'm sure they've got their own problems. Like everyone has problems, but I feel like the the guys who are there's levels about, of problems though. Yeah, there's levels. Yeah, for sure. It's you know I think when you wake up every day, and it's like what we do today, we go ride some horses. <laughs> do you know, yeah. rustle some cattle. I don't know what to do. Um, they had a lot of cattle there. I'd never seen any rustling going on. They just seem to be just letting them go, do whatever they want. <laughs> Seems like Is there any job. land around Greystones you can get that going? Uh, not for that type of cash, I would say. Um, <laughs> I don't know, you know, yeah, maybe that'd be kind of a cool life. But anyway, um, so let's let's finish this off. Let's let's get to the child metamorphosis, and this is what we're all trying to get to. To quote Nietzsche, for the game of creation, my brothers, a sacred yes is needed. The spirit now wills his own will, and he who had been lost to the world now conquers his own. In the final metamorphosis, the spirit becomes the child, the creator. After complete destruction of imposed morals and values, comes the creation of new values, new beginnings. The child doesn't have any resentments. They forget the past to create a new present and a brighter future. The child continuously creates their own new values and lives by them. They will their own will and don't impose their values on anybody else. The child metamorphosis can be interpreted by Nietzsche's affinity for the philosophy of Heraclitus. Heraclitus imagined a universe where everything is in an eternal state of becoming, and that time is a child playing, continuously creating and destroying. Similarly, in Nietzsche's view, a free spirit, being a part of this nature, is like a child at play in a state of permanent creation. To become a complete person, a free spirit and a superhuman, you need to get in touch with the child you were when you were playing. To love life beyond good and evil, creating your values and following your own rules of playing this game of life. The child phase is the phase of pure creativity, of being in a flow state, not having any restrictions regarding what's possible. For a child, everything is possible. They give a sacred yes to life. They're like a self-propelling wheel full of innocence and forgetfulness, creating their own rules. After the lion uttered the sacred no, the child comes out to shout a sacred yes that affirms life. Nietzsche was saying that people who can become more childlike are the storm clouds on which the superhuman will thunder. The goal of life is to create, and ultimately, to create the superhuman. To reach the child phase, you should not seek external answers and approval. You need to find the joy of life within, not worrying about the societal traditions and moral codes. You need to be confident, affirmative, creative in a permanent state of flux, forever changing and developing. Don't fixate on a specific identity. You don't need to talk, behave, or dress in a certain way. You are the one who is choosing how to talk, behave, and act in the world, and you can change your decisions as you please. As an exercise, try to think of those activities in which you can experience the flow state. For example, when you lead a team in a critical project at work, time spent painting in the quietness of home or times when you're engaging with people and you feel like time is flying. Or when you're deep in your work, developing ideas and creating innovative solutions. After having a clear picture of how you behaved in those activities, 
try to think what you can do to get yourself more into those states. Maybe the answer would be to stop being so critical of yourself, to let go, to remove the people who don't let you reach these states by imposing too many rules. Stop taking life too seriously. Experiment more. Try new ways of behaving in the world and new ways to spend your time in order to reach the flow state. If you're able to go through all of the three metamorphoses, the camel embracing the greatest ideals which were created before you, then the lion gaining your freedom from these ideals, and finally the child creating your own ideals and your own unique meaning of life, then you can become a true free spirit and a superhuman. Right, simple as, Mark. I don't know what else you want. He, he can't fucking do it for you. Do you know Was this whole podcast you basically trying to tell me to become to drop everything and become a full-time artist? Whatever you want to do, Mark. I can't tell you what to do. Like I said, it's, <laughs> you got to sit down and think about it. But it's... Uh, so the whole thing is... I, I just think it's a really liberating way of thinking and saying, imagine if... Could you imagine... Like, it, it, if anything, it puts you... Like, I think... All right, you don't have to go live in a hut in the woods you know that's you don't take it so far but mm. if you if you think that you've only got one life right and you want to make sure that you enjoy as much of that life as you can if someone is imposing rules on you or taking you away from doing creative work um which i think happens if you work for a big company oh, you you actually need rules to run a company you know i get that so so, but if you're in a place where it's stifling so much that you're spending more time on that than in the flow state creating, you mm. should take steps to to stop that. And without someone like Nietzsche kind of shining a light on the situation, it's it, it kind of gives you an opportunity to say, you know what, this isn't me living my best life. These guys are, you know, uh, I, I don't feel the freedom every day to to spend most of my time working on cool shit. Mm. Do you know? Um, and I think it's 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 a exercise worth doing. Um, and then if I, you want, I, yeah, I think it's something you have to do for yourself. I think um, if people, some people are happy, you know, in in a large company and doing their own thing. But like then again, people who aren't, they misery loves company type of thing. So if you're the the one that's standing out and wanting to be different, you're not going to get a good reaction from from others around you. Um. I will say about it's funny that basically it all leads to getting into a flow state. So everything he's yeah. saying is if you can remain in a flow state and creative state for as much as possible, you'll be a happier person, basically, and a, and a better person. And uh, I'd have to agree with that. I will say about I can get myself into a flow state with a few different things. Definitely art. I was doing doing it for a decade before I even realized what a flow state was, and then I was like understood exactly what it was and it was like spot on when i actually read the description of it and i still do it and i'll probably do it tonight when i do a new painting but one thing about a flow state is you know when you're doing stuff that you like whether it's eating nice food or um watch listening to a great album or something there's diminishing returns after a while the the niceness of it the novelty of it it fades away for sure it really does and that's so annoying the way that happens. Yeah. But in a flow state, it's the same all the time. There is no diminishing returns, I have to say, in a flow state. I can get into one every single night painting, and by the end of the week, you feel the same as you did the first day. 
it's interesting that isn't it? that's really interesting and like i don't feel that almost ever you probably feel that when now when we're having this conversation like a pod, yeah. when we're not interrupted by uh british voiceover artists yeah. but like when you're in a proper conversation yeah talking about something that you're interested in you know do you ever come away from the podcast kind of invigorated and All a bit time. a bit happier that's what that's what a flow state kind of produces and i think like the i just what i've been trying to do because i'm trying to, trying to figure out okay, what what in work like what's the what's the the best things I've ever done at work were ideas I came up with. Yeah. Things to solve problems. Do you know that type of thing? So I've been trying to dedicate more time to that because your day can quickly become admin if you let it. You know, I know, I know you're, that, yeah. you're running mm. a company, but imagine mm. if you if you were so selfish that you took every afternoon to, to think about what to do with the business. Like you'd have, you'd have more ideas than hotcakes. Mm. you know um and maybe that would be better i mean I, I was thinking about this the other day because i'm going on a holiday and i've got lots going on in work and i said to my wife i'm gonna take my laptop and i'll just work in the mornings you know mm. when there's nothing going on and uh she's saying like you have to take like it will do you good like you might come up mm. with some good, good ideas and she's actually you know she's completely right like uh bill gates whatever you think about his vaccine uh you know or hanging out with Jeffrey Epstein on the regular, whatever you think about that guy. He's a busy guy, let's say, right? For sure. You can't argue with that. Mm. And he takes week, like a week off at a time and he calls them thinking weeks. Yeah. Where he'll just say, I'm taking a week off. I'm going to think about it. That's what he says he's doing. I mean, he's, he's over talking to big pharma. He's over, he's also on an island, you know, uh, with, yeah, I know what you mean. Taking that. I think that'd be brilliant to take a week. I think you can do it on a family holiday. In fairness, like yeah. I, I've done it, you take a book with you, yeah. and go really into that book, yeah. and use it, and see what comes out of it at the end of the week while still having a good holiday. There. So it's a, it's an interest. I think the the whole so basically becoming the Ubermensch. When you mm. think about that, you think about you know either connections to Nazis and stuff like mm. that, because Hitler was really into Nietzsche and stuff like that. Um, mm. There is actually he probably he he really put that into practice. You know. He made his own rules for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I was saying about can men, or, you know, human race or whatever, be trusted to create their own rules? Like, is there there is? I guess there is consequences if people his values are very, you know, grotesque. Yeah, you know? or or will only like will it only be like a horrible war and stuff if everybody is in on the one thing as opposed to just if we're all doing our own thing how can we all be how can you have two sides when you he, have a million sides so he, exactly so he was leading a bunch of camels yes yeah, yeah, yeah he yeah. made the rules and i think that's okay. what the danger is because there's a few there's only a very few people in society who realize that they can do whatever they want and once who, who do you think is well known that you think would be a camel or sorry a baby, a baby. <laughs> i still think the baby thing is is an odd one i think i prefer to be a lion <laughs> Than a baby. Well, the baby. Have you ever seen baby? So my son, baby Seamus, baby Seamus. Yeah. Do you ever see him play? Never his, cries in front of me. He's just like a child. But he's living in the moment. You know, you build up the blocks. He knocks them down. Yeah. There's no consequences. There's no judgment on what he's doing. When he's angry, he shouts. When he's mm. sad, although he's never really sad. Uh, the odd time he cries. You know, if he wants something. Yeah. It's He'd living. be useless at running a country, though. <laughs> I don't know. Eventually, uh, President Seamus. When he comes out of his baby state, you, you know what I mean. I'd like to hear more about what that what that is. What 
yeah. you know, what else comes with being a baby? You're calling it a baby. It was child rather than baby. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Same thing, though. <laughs> no, no, I hear you. No, you don't have a baby on the on the nuke buttons. Being creative. <laughs> uh, I, I hear you there. You've got to make it a balance for sure. But I think what they're really trying to do there is say that, you know, they just live in creation. Could you imagine for a, a day or a week how my life would fall apart if I literally didn't care about what people thought about me mm-hmm. if i just walked yeah. around you know wore whatever i want went in just took things from the stores just, yeah <laughs> you know, yeah just... i'm sure he has certain things that you can't just issue anything like that's a a few segments we've we've listened to you know obviously yeah. goes into a bit more detail or else it just it's would a bit, be silly advice he, like and he's we're talking about he wrote this over about six books and it's like there's loads of there's loads of detail um yeah and, by philosophers are always kind of teasing out questions of like well what about this and then it goes off on on you know mm. um, on different situations but i think for people who are trying to become liberated i think they'll like nietzsche i think they'll get a lot out of it i think the most you can ask from these types of things is just get you thinking you know yeah it doesn't have to change your life it might for some people who go down the rabbit hole with nietzsche and they want to you know it, it's kind of is the philosophers they kind of hold up a uh, a mirror and kind of say this this looks like you, this is you, do you know, mm-hmm. um, which I think is can be very helpful. How mean, does how does that compare with um, like Stoicism, Marcus Aurelius, and all his stuff? I don't know. I haven't gone down the rabbit hole of that. We might do an episode on. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's really, it's interesting. Like it's I, I it resonates a lot with me. I think it my personality lends to Stoicism, but again, that's the thing of reading stuff that kind of confirms what you already think it's, exactly. dang- like it's not, it's not yeah. dangerous but like i think that's probably what happened with nietzsche with me but um <laughs> he's, he's, he's got a lot of he's got a if anyone was interested he's got a lot of um kind of thoughts on genius and stuff like that where he thinks that uh geniuses are are kind of not as uh really not as rare as you think that they are and that it's the geniuses that change history if you look at the human history it's only it's a few people who are making all the changes um mm. He says that our vanity, our self-love uh, promotes the cult of the genius only when uh, we think of him as very remote from us. Does uh, does he not aggrieve us? So mm. it's like, so he's saying that the only difference between most people and geniuses is their values. So, you know. Most people, when you say genius, it's um, it's linked to creativity, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. So that's what he's saying. They spent way more time on creativity than you did. Mm. They weren't in the matrix like you were. They didn't follow the rules in the way you did. And that's why history remembers them as geniuses. They, they, he says that, uh, do not talk about gift, <laughs> giftedness uh, and inborn talents. You can see great men of all kinds who are very, uh, who are very little gifted. Right? It's very... Mm. Um, I think he was having a dig at his friend Wagner there, but anyway, he's getting all the all the floor lines, <laughs> and he was getting nothing. <laughs> they were mates. Um, so, but my point is, it, it's it's an interesting w- way to think of it as well. So it kind of ties into the Ubermensch, where he's saying like everyone, what what they do is they say that the Ubermensch, the genius, the so an Ubermensch is a genius. Um, they could be in this case. I would say the okay. the link would be pretty strong there. So he's saying okay. that they're, they're not that rare. It's just they have different values. So mm. the values that they've created as the Ubermensch or the child, 
uh, are are what got them to where you think they're geniuses, but you could have gone that, down that path as well. Yeah. Well, by definition, they are different. Yeah. Like uh, to be a genius, you have to be different. Who would you say is a genius? If you say Steve Jobs, I'm hanging up. No, Sorry. no, no, no. <laughs> he was. I think he was, he was creative, but he was he he had. I don't know if he was on the spectrum or he had issues yeah. like you know Asperger's or something. Clearly, um, a genius, a genius. The word ta- talented, I don't use that often. I try not to use it um, because I don't think I told you what I think that is. It's it's a combination of something in your brain that's that's obviously genetically a bit different and lends towards whatever the thing is that you found that you're motivated to do because you're interested in it and you keep doing it because. One, you get a dopamine hit, but two, your parents tell you you're great and keep yeah. pushing you. So that's what I think talent is. Right place, right time as well. How your body suits or brain suits that particular task. Um, so genius, I would, I tend to put in the same bracket as talented. Yeah. Like a bit of luck, a lot of luck. Sure. If you're to call it some companies, you look at them and you go, wow, that's a genius company. Like, look what they've done. But anyone like will tell you like, that's a, there's no such thing as a genius company. You know, it's yeah. it's a bit of luck, a bit of right time, right, right time, place, right all acquisition, that kind of stuff. right talent that they got in, yeah, the right person. So, yeah, it's very it's such a simplistic thing to say, isn't it? Genius. I, I actually, I don't know. It's I hard. Think, like all I can think of is people who who do stuff that I can't understand how they do it. Like musicians would be one, creating, like singing a really good singer. You can't you can't call that a genius in my opinion. But if someone who can write the music or, or help write the music and lyrics and create the whole song multiple times. Yeah. Not just a one hit wonder. Kind of like a Brian Eno. Kind of like. Yeah. Yeah. Or like a, any of the, I don't want to say Bono or, or The Edge or any of those big bands or members of the Rolling Stones, the Beatles. You have to kind of say that is something. But Nietzsche would say that you're, you're saying that uh there it's something in in them but they've had a they've been doing that since they were 17 and they're 60 and they're doing it all day every day they're they're basically they're meeting every you know no i don't think yeah yeah, i know what you mean i know what you mean i don't think i'm not saying i don't know many people i can't think off the top of my head you probably could if you really thought about it that, that you think born genius yeah no usually people be seem to become a genius when they're 20 and, and then all that work and yeah. you know right place right time has accumulated to, for you to believe they're now a genius at what they do whether that's people call ronaldo a, a genius of football yeah they forget that like, he was everyone hated him when he was coming up because he kept on do, trying to do tricks and stuff remember he was rubbish yeah Turned yeah well, he obviously had ability um and, and then the hard work and, and genetics clearly and i would say that he is a but like, does he have genetics? He's pretty scrawny. He's not Who, Ronaldo. Same. Yeah, I, t- I, don't I mean, he doesn't have a scrawny. Uh, you know, I, you're looking at too many bodybuilders. <laughs> <laughs> I think that he's about fifty kilos or something. He's very, very thin. Like, but my my point is, I'm not hating on Ronaldo. I actually think that he is a genius. When he scored two against Ireland in the in the um, the past ninety minutes, it's like he wants it more. It's his wanting that is the is the difference. I think. And yeah. the rest falls in. And that I think we'll finish on that because uh, Nietzsche has a, a quote. He who has a why in life can tolerate almost any how. 
Yeah, I'd agree with that. And on that note, we'll leave it there. Guys, if you want to learn more about Frederick Nietzsche, Google it. It's all over the place. Um, I would suggest starting with Thus Spoke, or Spack, I just called them, um, Zarathustra. If you like to if you like to read a page uh, a week, dig in there because it's, uh, <laughs> it's a difficult read. Or just uh, do what we did and listen to some YouTube clips and you'll get the gist, which is all, what it's all about. Uh, thanks very much for listening and get out there and become the Ubermensch. <laughs>